This is a solemn but a glorious hour. I only wish that Franklin D. Roosevelt had lived to witness this day. General Eisenhower informs me that the forces of Germany have surrendered to the United Nations. The flags of freedom fly all over Europe. For this victory, we join in offering our thanks to the providence which has guided and sustained us through the dark days of adversity. Our rejoicing is sobered and subdued by a supreme consciousness of the terrible price we have paid to rid the world of Hitler and his evil band. Let us not forget, my fellow Americans, the sorrow and the heartache which today abide in the homes of so many of our neighbors, neighbors whose most priceless possession has been rendered as a sacrifice to redeem our liberty. We can repay the debt which we owe to our God, to our dead, and to our children only by work by ceaseless devotion to the responsibilities which lie ahead of us. If I could give you a single watchword for the coming months, that word is work, work, and more work. We must work to finish the war. Our victory is but half won. The West is free. But the East is still in bondage to the treacherous tyranny of the Japanese. When the last Japanese division has surrendered unconditionally. Hey guys, welcome back to the second episode of the podcast from P-Town. That what you just heard was Harry Truman addressing the nation that Germany had surrendered in World War II. And as we go down through Billy Joel's We Didn't Start the Fire song, Harry Truman is the first name mentioned in that song, so that's what we're going to cover on this one. Uh, I want to apologize ahead of time. This one is probably going to sound a lot more like a lecture than a conversation as I go down through the different notes that I've taken on him. There's a few uh, quotes that I've pulled uh, that Harry Truman had talked about while he was in office, and... So, again, this one is going to be kind of more of a a lecture than uh, our first episode. So I hope you enjoy it, and let's get going. So, Harry Truman was born in 1884 in Lamar, Missouri. His family moved to Harrisonville when he was 10 months old. They moved around a couple of times to finally landing in Independence, Missouri, where he ended up finishing out his schooling there. Uh, During school, he liked music, reading, history. His mom really kind of pushed him towards that type of stuff. He graduated high school in 1901, and then he worked various clerical jobs after graduating high school. But his family didn't have money for him to go to college, so he tried to attend West Point, but he wasn't able to get in because he had poor eyesight. So after getting turned down at West Point, he went back home and helped run his family farm for about a decade. In 1905, he enlisted in the Missouri National Guard, and he stayed in until 1911. During this time, he also met Bess Wallace. He proposed to her in 1911, but she turned him down then. And then he went on working the farm, and then the U.S. got involved in World War I, 
1917 he re-enlisted in the National Guard and was stationed in France. After getting out of World War I, he came back and uh, proposed to Bess Wallace again in 1919, and this time she accepted, so evidently the war made him better looking. Then after the war, he got involved in politics. He was Jackson County judge for a stint, and then he also became a U.S. senator. And he continued this until he became vice president for Franklin Roosevelt, which is something that I didn't really or know because Franklin Roosevelt had three different vice presidents. Nowadays, you know, the vice president usually sticks with the president until he's out of office. But anyhow, Franklin Roosevelt chose him as uh, vice president, and he was only vice president for three months, and then Roosevelt suddenly died in office in office in 1945 so if you can imagine only being vice president for three months the president dies and then you're stuck into the role and it at this time we're also in the middle to the end of world war ii but that's what happened and truman became 33rd president of the united states so then on may 8th of 1945 germany surrendered to the allied nations Nine weeks later, they had the Potsdam Conference, and this is where the Allied leaders met on how they were going to decide to administer Germany after Germany uh, complete or gave a full surrender. They also gave Japan the opportunity to surrender, but Japan denied it. And so then, if you remember, in 1941, Japan attacked Pearl Harbor, and so we were getting payback to them. August 6th, 1945, uh, we dropped the first atomic bomb on Hiroshima. Then on August 9th, 1945, we dropped the second atomic bomb on Nagasaki. And then on August 14th, Japan surrendered, which marked the end of World War II. And then fast forwarding up to March 12th of 1947, we get the Truman Doctrine. And this was, Truman spoke before a joint session of Congress to request military aid for Greece and Turkey. These countries were fighting communists from taking over the war-torn countries in that area. And so the U.S., uh, Truman was requesting military aid to go in and help them with that. He, in this uh, doctrine, Truman described the United States as engaged in an ideological conflict with the forces of totalitarianism which was a thinly-veiled reference to the Soviet Union. He observed that every nation had to choose between a way of life based upon the will of the majority and a way of life based upon the will of a minority forcibly opposed on the majority, which kind of seems like what we're going through now in the United States. Truman proclaimed that it must be the policy of the United States to support free peoples who are resisting attempted subjugation by armed minorities or by outside pressures, which also seems kind of like what we're going through in the United States. And so then in 1948, uh, Truman recognized Israel as a nation state. He wanted to give the Jews a place to call home after the atrocities that they faced during World War II and the Holocaust and all the things that Hitler had uh, put them through. So he uh, announced Israel as a nation state for the Jews. And so then we move on to his second term. He uh, ran for president again 
and he beat Thomas Dewey, who was Republican, and then he beat he also beat out Strom Thurmond, who was running under the, the Dixie Crap Party, and he I think he ended up winning that uh, with like three hundred and three electoral votes. In his second term, he passed legislation to end segregation in the U.S. Armed Forces, and so he was kind of ahead of his time in civil rights. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt had started some civil rights stuff, and then uh, Harry Truman really kind of pushed that forward, making sure that uh, he was taking steps in the right direction to kind of end some of the social injustices. But as we know, many years later, it's still not over with. And then he supported uh, the creation of NATO in 1949. And then also in 1949... The Russians ended up getting the atomic bomb. They'd seen the evidently the power that it has, and so they started working the on, in the atomic bomb. And so Truman announced the hydrogen bomb in 1950 to uh, keep us ahead of the Russians. So this was a lot of the uh, kind of the beginning of the Cold War era and whatnot, and us and the Russians constantly battling back and forth for supremacy of who was the most powerful country. In 1950, also, North Korea invaded South Korea. So the U.S. came to the aid of uh, South Korea, and China came to the aid of North Korea. And this uh, kind of sparked off one of the longest-running wars that uh, we've been involved in. In 1952, uh, the U.S. finally completed the hydrogen bomb, and they tested it in the in a we talk at all in the Pacific and kind of I think that was the Bikini Islands or something like that kind of blew that place to smithereens and this gave the United States the nuclear edge over Russia this was ending uh, Harry Truman's second term and he declined to run for a third term in office and at this point he retires back to Independence Missouri and he began working on the presidential library, which I found out not so long ago that the presidential library isn't just a collection of books and whatnot that that president um, liked. It, end, it ends up that they recreate the Oval Office there, and they put on display a lot of the different uh, things that that president had done during their time, and the little snippet of the speech at the beginning of this uh, episode is also, it can be heard there at uh, Truman's Presidential Library. And then, uh, sadly, President Truman died at the age of 88 in 1972, a day after Christmas. And that's kind of all I had on uh, Truman. Like I said, a lot of these episodes are kind of going to be short and sweet and uh, just kind of give you an overview. Maybe it'll help some kid out in a high school history class or something with a few snippets of uh, information. But uh, hope you guys like this. Uh, been working on some uh, upcoming episodes. And uh, like I said before, we're now up on Spotify and uh, Pocket Cast. And if you guys uh, like it, feel free to send us a message at ptownpodcast@gmail.com, And we'll see you on the next one.